Daddy, wake up! Daddy, wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Daddy! 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 You guys awake? Are you awake now? And if you are awake, are you living your life to the fullest? This is the Dad Podcast. Where we talk about our Catholic faith becoming fully alive through being a husband. And being a father. Really, through our vocation as a husband and a father. So, if you're a dad, this is your spot. Yeah, it's time. It's time to rise up. Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Iris from Seattle. And it's Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. Hey, dads, this is for you. And welcome back, everybody. We're so happy to have you. If this is your first time to find the Fatherhood Arise podcast, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about Catholic dad stuff, the intersection of faith and family. And if you've been listening for a long time, hey, we love you. Thanks for sticking with it. Uh, Today, Ray and I are not alone, but we are joined by a special guest. Ray, would you like to introduce our guest? Sure thing, my goodness. So it's uh, it's a great honor and pleasure to introduce Jason Jensen. Jason is a founder and uh, CEO of Glass Canvas. Uh, he works closely with dioceses uh, to increase ministry effectiveness, particularly in the unique and evolving times we currently live in. Through years of experience in entrepreneurship, marketing, ministry, and strategy, he leads an incredible team that helps unlock ministry potential but most of all he's a father just like all of us so welcome jason what's up man hey it's a pleasure to be hanging out with you guys today awesome great to meet you jason and um you're the founder and ceo of glass canvas and um i've heard so many great things about glass canvas i'm in the seattle archdiocese and so i've heard glass canvas being talked about here in in my neck of the woods oh that's really cool yeah, so you're not uh, you're not unfamiliar to us, and um, and so we're really excited to have you here today. Um, not only the, as the founder and CEO of Glass Canvas, but a dad who's um, has five kids and has been married for fourteen years, and um, just living that dad life. So welcome. Uh, in the first part of our show, we usually share a dad story or two, the real life of dads. And um, we're going to kick this off right now with just um, some quick stories. So uh, for me, guys, um, very recently, my youngest son, Santiago, was baptized. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really um, awesome day, but it was like super weird. So th- my uh, this is my fourth kid. And he, so we've done baptism, infant baptism before, and we're very familiar with it, but we've never done it in the COVID era. And so we had to do all our um, baptism prep online, which was kind of weird. And uh, I would say it was kind of like, if I hadn't done it before, I think I would have been frustrated with the experience, right? Like, I don't know if I was connecting um, with all of the material and you know sometimes you, you're able to bond with the parents but you know over zoom meetings that's really hard and so i was feeling kind of like weird about um the baptism but the baptism comes and we didn't get any information except it's going to happen at this time at the church so show up uh so there's very little details and then we show up but what was great is everybody in my family it's, it felt like the first time nobody fought 
None of the boys <laughs> fought each other. It was like, it was like really Holy Spirit blessed that, hey, everyone was excited that Santiago is going to be baptized and we get to the church and it was a mess. Like it was really messy. I think the church tried to be really organized, but there were 12 families having baptisms. And so we had to be all social distance and it was kind of like uh, stop and start and um, all, all of that to say is like, man, it was a really messy experience, I thought. Like the prep was kind of weird, and then the the um the experience itself wasn't like oh like oh my gosh this is so beautiful it was more like oh I'm I'm glad that my kids aren't freaking out and my baby's gonna get back, but it like went off like it was it was totally okay and then at the end I would say at the end of the day when I was like reflecting on the day I, I thought man I, that was really chaotic and not really organized but I feel great. And um, I think that's kind of how life is a lot of times in my family. It's like, it's really chaotic. And, um, but at the end of the day, when before I'm going to close my eyes, I'm like, you know what? It, it actually wasn't so bad. It was pretty great, actually. And um, so we're super thankful to God. And, um, and yeah, it was awesome. Um, so Santiago baptized, and uh, we're super happy about that. Congrats, man! It, it, this is this is great because you're. That's what we're gonna kind of talk about today, right? That that virtual space that we're here uh, in now. And uh, man, my my story is not at all related to our topic, but it's real dad dadness, dad life. Um, Jason, sometimes I call this segment uh, dad venting, <laughs> but but it, uh, this one is actually a, a fun one. Um, uh, it's getting warmer here in Chicago area. And my kids love to hang out at the backyard. And I've always been, I don't know, I, I sometimes hear myself yelling weird things at them, like, stop digging holes. Stop that. You know what I you know, I'm like, I've never thought I would ever say that multiple times in a day. But well, I think it was yesterday. They were hanging out in the backyard. And all of them outside, there were good four, four of them. Uh, outside and they were all holding one was holding a, a full-size shovel one was holding like or the other was, was holding a, a a rake and the other one you know the, the rest of them were holding like the the hand shovels and I'm like what, what are you guys up to stop it <laughs> it's just there's there's lots of holes in the backyard and there's always these uh, patches of of mud but it was just funny I, I just saw them by like the monkey bars area and they had they, they were about to all they needed were uh, maybe torches, torches and pitchforks. And they were ready to, I don't know, they were ready to storm a house or something. But anyway, it was just funny. Like, I just had a, a good dad laugh at them. I'm like, ah, at least they're outside busy with digging holes. I don't know. I'm just. At, at, least, they're, at least they're not trying to, like, bury, you know, <laughs> the youngest one. And they're like, right, yeah. you know, what, what are you up to? You know, oh, nothing. I'll be so, thankful for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as long as they're not on a screen. That's a win. Right. That, that's a win. That's a victory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just recently had a, a conversation with um, a guy here at, uh, at the office and he just went through the experience of uh, needing to buy a minivan because they're at the like two oh to gosh. three kids, you know, and you're like, man, I fought that so hard <laughs> where, you know, like it was like we had three kids inside uh, in the back of like a Honda Civic for yes. a while. Uh -huh. like, okay, okay. Like we need something bigger. And then I like fought it and we, we got like a Mazda five and I was like, well, it can still come in like a 
a stick shift model. So it's not really a minivan, you know, it's, it's a micro mini. And then we ended up getting like a Honda Odyssey a few years oh ago because we just yeah. had to. And I was like, you know, man, this is sweet. Once you embrace like, <laughs> it's like, oh, the sliding doors and the, right? you know, easy and you're buckling like, easy, and, and you're like, man, why did, what was it about my identity that I had to fight so hard to embrace something that made life so much easier? <laughs> and it's like, that feels like there's some of this part of the culture that just speaks into uh, minivans are for like when your life ends, you know, <laughs> but then you realize like, oh no, that's like so amazing in that that's where life begins is that's just so in totally embracing your family. Um, Dude, it's yeah. so funny you mentioned that because that was our last episode. We had the van, the van talk because I'm in the market. <laughs> I think I told you before the, the show started, we're expecting our sixth child. So we have to go over that eight seater. So yeah, um, transitioning from that seven seater now into an eight seater and I'm looking at an Odyssey. So man, yeah, that's that's some real dad stuff, man. Cause yeah, we, we, we compare vans. We talk about vans. Yeah, and it's like, well, this one seats fold down like way easier than this one. Right. But, you know, like this one's got a little bit more like storage space. But if you get a roof rack, then you can totally like long mm, long haul yes. this, you know, holiday, no problem. Love it. I love it. But yeah, that that's true. The um, the embracing of the vocation, right? Like, why do we fight it so long? Because I drove a lowered Honda Civic for a long time, and I'd have the baby seat in the back. And I'd have to, when I went over a speed bump, I'd have to like turn to like get over that speed bump. And my wife has said, you're just ridiculous. You cannot, you cannot live this way. And uh, the only thing I ever wanted in a minivan was those sliding doors. And once, once I was able to get a van with the sliding doors, I was, I'm all, I'm all in, I'm embracing this. It's awesome. Yeah. Same. Yeah. This it's funny. It's this part of our hearts that, uh, this cultural message of like, oh, you become lame as a dad, you know, like in the oh, minivans are like bad, but I think it's just, you know, we become, you know, a Odyssey man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, I also felt, I felt that same tension. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt this, but there's, there's this thing where like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go build the kingdom of God. And somehow it's like, it happens out there, you know, it happens out there mm -hmm. and it was about the same time that we had a minivan that I was like oh my goodness uh I felt like um the father was saying no the place the kingdom gets built most powerfully is like first of all obviously within me um and within you but then it's like the family you know the family is like such a a powerful place uh we're most likely to raise disciples in our own home more than outside of that, or we need to create the right cultures and environments and, and, um, ultimately just love our kids super well in order for them to, the, the kingdom gets built in our homes, you know? And at, at that point you're like, yeah, I don't care. Like who, who are the, who are those people in my mind that are going to look down on me for a minivan? Like, is it that young dude who's like, life is a mess and it, you know, and it's like, oh man, that's just garbage. You know, and just moving on. Absolutely. The when you think of Jesus, he's talking about, you know, the the kingdom isn't later. <laughs> the kingdom's right here, right, right now, now. Right. Like it's being built right here. All we gotta do is got open our eyes to see them. And and absolutely, Jason, when we think about our own fatherhood, that the kingdom is being revealed 
in our marriages and as fathers and in the direct way that we love our kids. And uh, if the if building the kingdom is so important, that was like what Jesus was obsessed with. Shouldn't we also be so concerned about it and trying to live that out ourselves here in our families? So I got a story. Uh, we do a lot of work in evangelization and wanted to make more like our home a little bit more. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I need to invest in my kids. So we started running Youth Alpha, which is a little bit young um, for for where my all my kids are at. But it was amazing. Like, so we've just, we're like four episodes in and just the fruit of the conversation and those guys are just funny and like just associating um, like good experiences of Christianity. And the thing they love the most is, is talking, you know? And so we get this cool opportunity to be able to talk and we used to do highs and lows as a family and it would get like some good stuff out, like with all our kids youth alpha has been really great for us. So I just want to encourage, it's so easy. We just throw an episode on, we pause in the questions and we, each of our kids is able to kind of do that. But the rides to and from school and all these other moments, our mm-hmm. kids just have more questions now. And I think it's just an amazing uh, thing. So all those dads out there that uh, want to lead in the family or whatever, like youth alpha is really cool. And I was surprised how young it can go. Nice. Well, I I didn't know about that. The Archdiocese of Chicago is all about Alpha. I, I wasn't aware about the Youth Alpha. And you said you do it uh, audio-wise through the in your van. You said. No, no. Uh, we we play the episodes like I see. You know, after dinner, um, like on like once or twice a week. But the conversations that now happen on the way uh, to school yeah. because of that has just been super refreshing, and our kids have like their perspective of what's going on. Um, and yeah, I just want to really make sure that the gospel gets formed, like in our homes, you know, and in, um, that they have the opportunity to ask these big life questions. And I want to be the one to answer those things. You know, I don't want the world kind of dictating those answers to them. I love it. I love it. It, And this is, uh, really where God was, has been speaking to us in fatherhood arise is that, you know, building up the domestic church and, you know, transitioning into, the topic at hand right now with the Tilma Parish, I, I want to ask you this question because especially with the pandemic, right? We had a lot of time to kind of think and get to know our kids and be in the domestic life. I want to ask you that question, Jason. What does fatherhood mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's such it's a critical question to to kind of get right. And First, first of all, I feel like it is a reflection of the relationship that God wants to have with me. So, and uh, I think when, when we all become dads, we're like, we have these models that we've just absorbed uh, unofficially from wherever, like usually a family of origin, usually, um, you know, or like these other families, if you kind of reject your family of origin model, you're like, I just don't want to be a dad like that, even though it feels like it's so baked in uh, to who we are. Um, but it's like, oh, like, how does God actually father me, you know? And I think these ideas of like discipline and um, care and helping them figure out their identity and things like these, these are 
in many ways, like God has given us this amazing mechanism where we can be in a beautiful, uh, loving relationship with our children. So here, here's where my fatherhood is probably expressed the most how I want it to be expressed is every night I do this thing with my kids called secrets. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's like the bedtime routine thing. But when I, when I'm sitting there with, with my kids, it's a time where they know they're, they're getting secrets. And that's the thing that their hearts really crave for, which is what my heart craves for from the father, even though I'm an adult. Uh, and it's like speaking the truth about who my kids are into them. And as it related to that day, as I saw it or things like that, like, I'm proud of you. I, I love you. You belong. I'm so glad you're in our family. Um, and just this ability as we are wired to receive that from our fathers. You know, we are absolutely uh, oriented, even when um, we have challenges as our kids just long and crave to hear the voice of their dad and being able to speak into that in such a powerful way has really opened me up to hear what the father wants to say to me. Cause you know, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm fallen. Um, you know, I have challenges just like each and every one of us do, but I, I experienced the goodness of my fatherhood in that moment. And in that way I can like kind of reverse reflect and go, God is the best dad. So what is he trying to say to me in those moments? So it's maybe a little bit of a long way around answering that question, but that's really what fatherhood means. It's like unpacked in those, those little moments. I love how you describe that. It's really gorgeous, the, the secrets. And it's not secrets at all, right? It's, it's the truths of who we are. Uh, so many times in my own life, Jason, I thought, Oh, I'm a worthless person. Nobody, no one would want to care about me or, or I'm easily forgettable. And yet God says, no, 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 that's, that's a lie. The truth is this is, you're my beloved. And then we get to reflect that to our kids. And, you know, when, when we're stuck at home and, uh, we had a lot of family challenges and things are bubbling, sometimes we yell or like there's these little kind of, uh, fights and arguments, and then they can forget that my dad loves me. Right. So like to, to intentionally spend that time to like reach out and say, no, no, you're the, you are my beloved. You belong. There's nothing that you could ever do that would make me cease loving you. Uh, that Those are so important. Uh, that might be the most critical thing that we could do as dads. So I love it. That's awesome. And y- y- we learn from like psychology has gotten really good at like explaining a bunch of how our hearts are wired, you know, like, and, and I think we're still learning stuff and it's not the be all end all, but what we do know is true in formation of people is that it doesn't matter if you screw up as a, as a dad, actually what, what makes a child resilient, like the ability for them to go out into the world and make and, and change and interact with their world is actually how we reconcile with them. And I feel like this time of secrets is like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I got mad today. You know, I was angry or I'm sorry that um, whatever character flaw I have and, and we have to say, this is not a reflection on you because they're so wired to take that as young, but this is a, a reflection of me. And 
the restoration of that actually gives them so much power to grow up and be adults who can face so many things, as opposed to the family that tries to keep it perfect, what we see in, in research. The, the family that strives to be perfect actually creates less resilient children. And isn't that so funny how like yeah. repentance and forgiveness is just, um, it's the way our hearts are wired more than, more than anything else. I love that. It, it really is a great reminder. Um, Iris, you mentioned it, this already. God is here and God is now. And, uh, you know, we, we know where we're supposed to go, right? Uh, we're, we're trying to strive for that holiness. But God doesn't love us when we reach that spot. No, God loves us here and now. And as you said, Jason, we're reflecting that in, in our fatherhood making sure that our kids know that and feel it from their earthly father first, right? Because um, we are truly a reflection of this, we pray, of our heavenly father. Yeah, the catechism says that we, your parents are your first model of God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a heavy but beautiful privilege of saying, oh yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to misrepresent and represent well of of what of what father is. And some of the ways that we've been trying to, my wife and I have been trying to work on that is uh, sort of October last year, we said, hey, what is the vision for our family? And we started uh, fairly intensely like um, going through the book of Exodus and uh, just as a starting point, it was like, I don't know, it was some, I think it was like, However many chapters there are in Exodus, it was that many days until uh, Christmas Eve, okay. and um, and so we said, okay, let's let's do this. And God didn't quite answer anything in particular in that season, but what He started was a process of us really slowing down, which is, I think, the real answer to this thing. So this last weekend, we are trying to practice more of like a Sabbath or Lord's day, or just keeping Sunday uh, a time of rest and restoration and worship. And that doesn't, it, it looks different from family to family in, in my opinion. Um, but my goodness, that has allowed us to hear the voices of our children more mm-hmm. and also hear the voice of our father more. And I feel like, uh, there's been a process of slowing down that's led us to the point where we're so committed to, to this. And I say, why did we not do this before? Um, and obviously it requires sacrifice, you know, unplugging from the world and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's really amazing. I can't encourage that enough. Just that to intentionality. Be able to yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, yeah. that's so good. Go ahead, go to Iris. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're talking with Jason Jensen, and he's the CEO and founder of Glass Canvas, and um, we've been talking about fatherhood. and And Jason, you're really speaking about these um, the beautiful calling of being a dad and um, expressing the the faith to our children, being a model of that. That God invites us and in, to be an image of his love to our families. But as Catholics, we're also, um, we have all these sacraments, right? Like we're kind of like, um, like this visible sign of God's invisible love to our families. But uh, on the greater level as Catholics, the parish is a place that's also supposed, also supposed to exhibit that, 
right? That's that um, the parish, the church is supposed to be a sacrament too, right? That it's supposed to be this kind of visible place where we experience God's goodness and experience the sacraments. So uh, you have been um, working with parishes to kind of um, put them in, in a place to do ministry in the modern world. Can you kind of share a little bit about your heart, about um, your work with parishes and what's going on there? Yeah, I'm going to start by telling a story. Um, first of all, I want to clarify that I'm a Manchester United fan, but I feel like church is supposed to feel like this is why there's there's a part of Liverpool that reminds me of what the church is supposed to be. And you guys are like, what is he talking about? Um, but I think it's a helpful analogy. Uh, when you when you go to Anfield, you know, where Liverpool plays, like the first thing you do as a fan is they sing this anthem, right? They sing this like anthem and like everyone's like, hey, I, I know the words to this thing. I belong. And then, you know, as a player, you're like, I've worked all week so that when it comes time to this moment, I can really enter in and I can give it my best. And the reason I picked Liverpool is they have a coach and his name is Jurgen Klopp. And his superpower is that everyone wants him to be their dad. Like he's been able to unite like players from all around the world, different races, different religions, but they all want to play for him. You know, and this is like, uh, and they've done really, really well the last few years, you know, and I feel like isn't, there's sometimes an appeal of like, yeah, you know, if you're into soccer or sports of any kind, um, there's a part of like cheering for your own team that brings out this like human experience in us. That's like, ah, man, that's what I want. Like, why does that have more of a draw on me? Um, but I think they're all analogies for what parish life is supposed to be like, we want the coach or the priest to feel like our dad, you know, like to real pastor us and be there. We want to be able to worship together and feel like we're united to each other as we celebrate who God is and like connect with him. And we want to be able to be players who have, you know, surrounded the, the week so that this, you know, culmination on the Sunday is, uh, like rich and you know when you score a goal it's like amazing you know or when your team scores a goal and like those are the things that we work for um, and at the heart of it like that's what we long for to be in a parish community and uh, but it's difficult and I think that that's the the point of of Tilma is like coordinating and connecting all those things even knowing everyone that's there at the parish like that's it's difficult, you know, um, especially in our modern context, especially in a COVID year where seeing people has been difficult. We, our, our public mass is still not resumed. You know, mm -hmm. we're able to receive the Eucharist, but it's like, it's tricky, you know? Um, and it's not ideal. Like, that's not how I, you know, that's not how I want to live my sacramental reality. And I think like, that's, that's what we're really about in, in Tilma is helping great ministry people with the tools so that they can do things that make people really feel connected. And um, no matter where they start in their journey, we can understand them and that we can help them uh, move towards experiencing um, a richer, deeper parish life. Mm. 
So, so what is, what does that look like? Uh, okay, so, uh, a parish signs up to um, implement Tilma Parish, right? And they sign up. What does that look like for the for the regular family? Uh, how do I? Is it? Um, do we sign up to to do something? How, what does that look like yeah. for yeah, yeah. regular no, family? Yeah, that's a great question. So first, it's probably helpful for me to articulate like what Tilma is. So. Um, Tilma is like a combination of tools that are usually separated. So email, sort of a people tool, uh, your website and content that's on your website, uh, how you do your giving and your events and registration. So it's all on one, but the, the heart of it, the goal of it is actually engagement. Oh. So um, here, here's an example. Uh, the bulletin has a super bad rap and like part of that's I think <laughs> you guys laugh because you know where I'm going. Um, but what happens for me in the bulletin is like, I read it and I go, Oh, that thing's not for me. That thing's not for me. That thing's yeah. not for me. That thing's not for me. And I'm just, I'm getting trained to say everything that's on here is irrelevant, you know, like, yeah. and so even when there's that thing that would be amazing for you, yeah. you're like, you gloss over, oh, it's probably not for me. Right. I look at the, uh, the, the ads, like the funeral ads. and I'm just <laughs> Yeah. You know, do your, do your burial and estate planning, you know, <laughs> That's right. you know, it's like, Hey bro, I'm just trying to like keep my kids alive, you know, like, so, um, but the, so as a, as a, as a family person, it's having a tools that, um, we've tried to build so that they, they just work, you know, like if you want to donate, it's not the super frustrating experience or, um, if you want to get content, they're kind of curated and customized to your experience. And it, it's designed for the ministry people at a parish to be able to reach you as a, as a person better. So you can select, hey, here's a great article or here's a great event. And you can just quickly throw that into an email. And then you can um, select all the men in the parish between the ages of 30 and 40 and send that to them and say, hey, guys, uh, this is just for you. And then they can, they can get that. And so all of a sudden the voice of the church has a deeper engaging impact. And so that's, that's the kind of the philosophy behind Tilma is how do we get people the right thing in the right moment um, and speak to the felt needs that we have. I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of my faith journey has been having to figure a bunch of stuff out myself because it's hard to, to kind of get what I need in the moment and think, you know, think Jesus, like the right people have come around, but we want to be able to do that better. I think in, especially in the digital age where the church has been a little bit slow to adopt tools, you know, and, and really great tools. Yeah. I'm as a young person, I was just totally just floating. I, I thought nobody in this church even knows my name. Right, like I don't belong to the youth group. I just show up here on Sunday with my family and disappear. And if I ever never came back, no one would care. Except that that wasn't true. Like the church, the pe I always called them church people before I became a church person. It's like they were actually really nice, and they always wanted were interested in who I was and tried to get to know me and invite me. But you know, there was just a lot of obstacles, and and you look at the bulletin experience is like, yeah, that too. Or, or the online experience of our churches, you know, I, 
I, I get lots of my Catholic stuff because I'm looking for it. But if I'm not looking for it, I'm not going to get it, right? But if you belong to a parish that could deliver those really engaging things, things that really hit the soul, uh, things that you don't even know that you want, and yet they are when you, when it appears in your inbox or uh, in your social media, you're like, I had no idea that I've always wanted this. And now here it is. And my parish is becoming the place where that exists. And I need that place. And I need to go there because it's not only the place where all those resources are, it's where Jesus is. And I want to be there and then belong to the community of believers. So I was looking at Tilma and I was like, man, this is fantastic. Where has this been all my life? We totally need this right now. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I believe that there's like amazing ministry minded people at every parish, you know, and, and my heart is just to give them the very best tools so that they can love people like you and me really well. Um, and I think we get an opportunity too to uh, to love on people in the parish who are trying to to do good stuff. And that's, uh, we've just entered kind of a digital age, you know, like in, in the grand scheme of history, like it, this is all really young and you and I all know the church is slow to like move on things like this and stuff like that. So, um, but I think it's okay. It's there now, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're like in a parish, like I want you to know that we're not, uh, coming down, we're actually saying, Hey, how do we partner with you to do something really cool and make parish life what you envision it to be? And, um, and how can we help you do that in a, in a better, more robust, easier way so that, um, what, what I find is I have this conversation with people and those ministry moments that are super powerful, like they're like the one-on-one -on -one conversation where you're like, man, God is in this, you know, or the, the moment retreats work up to in this like adoration on a Saturday night or, you know, or wh whatever it might be. Like when you're in ministry, you get into it because you want, you want to lead people into introducing them to God. And when he shows up in such a tangible way and Tom is all about orienting towards those moments. And it might be piece of content that just opens your mind to like, Oh, maybe I should go to that men's retreat or that men's event, or, or maybe I should like consider how, um, how I'm fathering my kids, you know, like it's like listening to podcasts like this, that could just show up in their, you know, in their inbox. Um, and all these like steps, uh, they're oriented towards that moment where somebody can like encounter Jesus and the Holy spirit and the father and, um, and you guys know, once that happens, it's, it's like, it starts this upward momentum of, uh, joy and, uh, just life change that leads to fullness. So yeah, that's, I mean, we talk about software, but it's really so much more about encounter than anything else. At, at, you know, the recent Gallup polls, uh, they, they're saying that uh, church membership is, is falling. I I personally, and I, I don't know the future, but I, I feel like I'm more of a, a glass half full kind of guy. And I'm thinking, you know what, this uh, back to the norm or the new norm that we're going to, we're diving into. I feel like there's going to be more people that's starving, that that's that's wanting parish life. I don't know. I, I pray that I'm right. I, I don't know if this is right, but 
I feel like that's that's where we're heading towards. And God bless you all for developing this Tilma Parish to to be where where the families are to be, where people are hanging out, social media on on uh, on the internet. But real question though, you have five kids, fourteen years in marriage. I know how that goes. You're a busy guy. Where <laughs> where was that? Or how did that tug in your heart uh, come about? Why why make something like this? I, again, we're talking about our family as the, you know the the ministry here and now, but then there's also a part of us that that wants or is also even called to create the, that bigger community to to help the, our Catholic Church, right? So, where did that come from, and how did you how did you go about answering that call? Yeah, the question is where to start. Um, I had a conversion <laughs> experience. Uh, like I grew up Catholic. Um, and then we moved, I moved from South Africa here when I was around 16 and just like the change and everything just did not, you know, total pagan. Um, and, uh, I ended up going to a Christian, um, a non-Catholic Christian university up here in Canada. And the day before I went, I told my parents, Hey man, I don't want to go to a place full of Bible thumpers. And then the next day I met like all these wonderful people who had something I totally didn't have. And one of those guys, his name's Denver. He invited me to go to his church. And so I spent about six months like um, in and around evangelical churches, um, but had a, t- a total, like it's kind of like an altar call experience and, you know, encounter God in that way. And then I, I went back to the parish that I was at and I went to the priest who's now a bishop, Bishop Mark Hageman. And I was like, hey, like what's with Mary and the saints and like all this kind of stuff. And he gave me intellectual, um, intellectually satisfying answers. And so I was able to read and find like the rich heritage that we have as Catholics. But the, the heart of it was he loved me well because he spent time with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and being able to see, like that gave me enough room to see the beauty of... Um, Catholicism and having a, uh, a revision to the faith, faith and um, fast forward several years started glass canvas in order because like um, when I looked at the church, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, like it drove me nuts when somebody say, oh, that's a good website for a church as if mm-hmm. the gospel deserved some sort of like lesser standard right. or whatever. And I was like, man, we're in the digital age. Like this is the best thing ever. And it's literally like the answer to your life. Yeah. And, and it's not only the answer to your life, it is him, you know, mm. it is Jesus. And, uh, but then I was wrestling, like, it's a terrible business model to try and like build, you know, like on the church, like if I'm real talk. Yeah. <laughs> so I was praying the first, uh, the first Easter after starting glass canvas, which was early 2012, we started in 2011. So early 2012 and I'm at the Easter vigil and I'm like, oh, you know, Jesus, I just, I don't want to do this like 80% corporate work so I can do 20% work for the church. And he said, okay, well, why don't you try that until you can't pay the bills? Which is just the kindest thing he could have said because it gave me full permission to try and the ability not to like have to only do that work, which we ended up only doing that work and it's worked out. You know, this is our 10th year in business. Um, This Mm -hmm. December, it'll be 10 years. Um, and then last year we'd always kind of said, Hey, we're building great tools. Um, and, uh, as we built them for the church, we just, just paid to implement them for the next client. And so as we 
build cool tools, implement them. We ended up after six or seven years with something that was really amazing. And then the pandemic hit and we're like, we just felt a real strong call from God. And we had went through a healthy discernment process that we're no longer going to be an agency. We're going to be a product company that helps parishes. We have this technology. And so we made the leap and um, found investment and all that kind of stuff to be able to do this. But the heart of it is, I think the church is going through a transformation. And so in some circles, we talk about Christendom is over and we're entering a new apostolic age. And to some people that can be scary, but, and and it can be, you know, like, I'm not going to deny, like you and I go on social media every once in a while and we see, we see what's happening, but man, I, I think the Holy spirit is going to show up big time in our lifetimes. And, and uh, I just want to be a part of that. I just want to be a part of this. um, What we've been discerning is that there's this new model emerging in the church. That's uh, that is us trying to, it's new in the sense that it's um, well, it's, it's the same as what it was when the church was trying to, it's rooted in the Beatitudes. It's rooted in like, the love that we have for it's like it's rooted in the Christian way, which has had the power to to transform the world. Like if you think of the fall of the Roman Empire, but it's new in the sense that we're living in new times. You know, we're living in a, in an age that's different from the other ages, and it's significantly different. And we see like the the past several popes have been kind of talking about new evangelization, and like mm-hmm. we need new forms and expressions. We need all those kinds of things, and. I'm just really, I'm just really excited. I feel like God has to show up and I probably prefer that than feeling like it's all on me. Sure. Um, you know, it's almost like it's our backs are against the wall and now God has to do something. It's like, we've got the Egyptians behind us and the Red Sea in front of us. And now through the eyes of faith over the course of salvation history, we just stand back and go part the water Lord. Yeah. You know? Amen. And, and, uh, yeah, that's the, I mean, that's what it's all about. So I feel like there's this new model emerging that says like, how do we live in a ministry model now? Um, and I like to like, this is my last part of my, you know, my rant on this. Uh, Love it. Love it. A ministry model is like, how do we rightly order the relationships according to the kingdom of God? Right. Yeah. And what you guys are doing in fatherhood is like, that's part of it. You know, it's like, how do we be good dads and good husbands and good, like, sons of the father, like this is the transformation of our, uh, of our parishes. It's, you know, men being who we were supposed to be and who we're designed to be in the kingdom. So anyways, I love it. Yeah. That's, that's, you're, you just fired me up. (laughs) Say man, where where do I sign it? Sign me up for that. (laughs) Because yeah, man, uh, for, for how many generations faith is like been given, Right. Like here it is. You, you just like walk into the, the thing and then there you are. And then you walk out and it's there it is. And we just take it for granted. But now we're invited to because it's not given anymore. No, this is something that we're going to have to do. We have to choose. It becomes intentional and it has to come right into our hearts just in the same way. Like you could be in your family as a dad and you can just be there every day or you can have secrets with your yeah. Right. And that just changes the game. Yeah. And we yeah. get, God has invited us. He made us for this time. And with all these yeah. diverse sets of gifts yeah. and, and talents and 
creativity to to answer the deep need of the world. And so here mm-hmm. we are, and we we begin with our wives and in our homes with our kids, and then we move to our communities, and then we move into the the greater society. And we gotta keep and we have to keep doing that because God calls us forward to do that. And uh, you're doing such a beautiful job with that. And I'm super appreciative um, of your work and, um, and Tilma, it looks super sweet. Like it just slick, really awesome. Um, I would encourage everybody to check that out. Um, but as we wrap up our, our conversation, you really just gave us a lot to think about. Um, I just loved, um, talking with you today, Jason, and, and hearing your thoughts about being a dad and kind of answering that call of fatherhood and how God is our father too, and how you're responding with, um, with Tilma, uh, would you mind, uh, leading us in prayer? Yeah. I just want to, before, before I jump into prayer, just encourage you guys in that, uh, you respond, you're responding to the call of like, the church used to go in intellectual formation a lot, you know, like, Hey, you got to think the right thing. Um, but what you guys are onto is actually this idea of, uh, man, the family used to be much healthier than it is now. Like we, we kind of know that, but now you guys are encouraging like, Oh, let's bring the family health, you know, so that the faith makes sense to, to everyone. So I just want to like, I'm pumped that there's a podcast out there that is, um, for dads who, uh, are cool and want to like live Jesus and cool at the same time, you know, not that that, not that the cool is what it's about, but it's, it's okay to be you, you know, and I just, I feel, I feel edified by the conversation. So let me pray for us. In the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for how good you are to us. We thank you for conversations like these. And I just pray for all those listening that you would speak deeply to their hearts about how much you love them and how much you care for them. And as dads, how, um, how you see them. And Lord, we pray that our fatherhood would reflect yours. We pray that um, the truth of who we are, you would speak into our hearts and that it would flow from our hearts through our mouths to the, to the hearts of our children. Lord, we pray that the generational love that, that you promise, we pray that we would be uh, a living hope for, for all that, that you have. And, as we enter these times in our, in our culture, Lord, I pray for, I, I pray for an extra blessing. I pray for a full measure pressed down and overflowing. We thank you, Jesus, for all you've done and for your model of sonship. In your holy and precious name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. That was Jason Jensen, the founder and CEO of Glass Canvas, the team behind Tilma. And uh, uh, Jason, if anybody wants to check out Tilma or like get to know more about Glass Canvas, where can they go? Yeah. So if you want to find out more about Glass Canvas, you can go to glasscanvas.io. That's um, glasscanvas.io. And if you want to check out Tilma, go to tilmaparish.com. And if you're in a parish and you're kind of interested and you just want to kind of poke around, uh, we'd love to do a demo for you. So it's easy to sign up and you can do that on the website. And if you're in a parish, but you don't work at a parish, then tell your parish about Tilma, man. Like say, hey, we need this because this is awesome. 
really check it out. It's um, it's super cool. It, it's really slick, and it removes the obstacles. I I would say to um, to get people engaged, which is what we all want to do out there. Uh, Jason, this has been awesome um, talking to you. I had a, a ton of fun, and I just feel really edified um, and supported. Um, thank you so much for your work. This is great. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. We want to celebrate good dads out there. So thank you for joining us. Iris, uh, how can we follow you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, if you want to check me out, you can check out my Instagram um, at called to rise or check out my website called to rise.org. Um, how about you, Ray? And of course, follow us on Fatherhood Arise, all the platforms, uh, social media platforms out there. We call it the Soch. Follow us on the Soch, <laughs> Fatherhood Arise, uh, and also check out our website fatherhoodrise.com all right peace peace